Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, so I watch them so that you don't have to. And spooky season is upon us. We are mm-hmm. in it. We are right in it. We are mm-hmm. in it. And I'm, and I'm loving thrilled it. about it. I hung up my Halloween lights. Uh, and we've got a, a great new release to talk about today. Oh my gosh, so <gasps> many new so releases. I'm so curious. I'm so deeply curious. Yeah, I love spooky season. I think it's my favorite time of the year. I mean, that chill in the air is so nice. Mm. I don't know. Do you guys even have that in LA? Uh, it's it's beginning to be not hot. Great. <laughs> it's just and warm. at night, at night, we have mm. entered into the normal LA-ness of the sun goes down and it is chilly yes Mm. which that i have i every year i when summer comes around i love that you can have a warm night and then i so quickly forget that that's not the norm and then the cool nights come back and i'm like oh thank god yeah that really (laughs) feels good you can sleep with your window open under a bunch of blankets i feel like we're officially officially done with the bedroom ac fingers crossed Mm. um (laughs) so you know we're getting we're getting there but neighbors have put up you know Ghosts in the trees. Big. There's this house up the street that has very funny full body little skeletons like that. They like put one in a tree, like hiding in the tree. And one's like in a bush, like sticking its little hand out. It's like a very fun little scene of sneaky skeletons. And it really makes me happy. Have we talked on the podcast about Sammy, your insane neighbor who has that spider on their house? Well, that spider's year round. It's gone. What? Well, I think they moved. Oh, and the spider went with them. (laughs) Spider didn't stay. (laughs) Spider comes to the house. (laughs) They took it with them. Um, But the house directly next to me usually does quite an elaborate Christmas light thing so I'm hoping that they also do an elaborate Halloween decoration thing Ooh, but that'd be cool. I also am down to like find what part of LA has the <gasps> best Halloween right. decorations there's, in general. You know, there's there's, there's like, like always a neighborhood in every city where it's like okay if you live on this street you gotta street? fucking go all out and I wait, wait, find wait, wait, wait wait I went to this place we I gotta went find it. there I went there it's um near Sierra Madre so like north near Pasadena oh, okay, there's, okay. there's a little neighborhood Ooh, that maybe. it's like it's like neighborhood universal Halloween of horrors yes, like yes, it's, yes. 
insane. Universal's Halloween of Horrors. <laughs> in a, is that what it's called? What's it no. called? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights, but they should be called Halloween of Horrors. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Most of the same words Look, in there. Look, I knew what you meant, but. Um, but Tim and I went one year with, because he did the Big Brother program mm-hmm. and we took his like little buddy uh, to this place where they do like trick-or-treating and all the kids get candy. But it's the in order to live on oh, this right. block. Candy. Candy. Yeah. Candy. Um, <laughs> you have to you have to like sign up to basically do this insane, elaborate Halloween extravaganza every year. And it was shocking. I, my jaw was on the floor the entire time. I couldn't believe the amount of effort that was put into it. Yes. OK. There are some articles about this, Sammy and I. And, and let's go. Hoo-hoo. Let's do it. We're going to go. Uh Speaking of haunted houses, we have a little bit of haunted housekeeping to do. Yeah, baby. And that haunted housekeeping is that we have a live online worldwide (laughs) live (laughs) show that we are going to be doing for our pre-Halloween spooktacular event. We are doing a recap of Orphan First Kill. Oh, yeah. With the one, the only Paul F. Tompkins. Um, Holy freaking heck. It's going to be on September 22nd. October. It's going to be on October. (laughs) It's going to be on. It's the best. It's going to be on (laughs) October 22nd, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. But hey, guess freaking what? If you get a ticket to this show. The video of it will be available for 10 whole days, which means you can watch this bad boy all the way up until Halloween. So if you want to get in on those visuals and you're not free on the 22nd, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern, but you're free at any point within those next 10 days, you can get a freaking little ticky and you can join us. And you're going to want to because you're going to want to see because we're going to dress up. We're going to dress we're gonna up. We're going to be in costume. We're going to have little cocktails. We're going to have a really f- fun time. It's a little Halloween party and we're very excited to do a, a live show that all of you can participate in. And it's we will um, we'll do a recap. You'll be able to hear the recap on the feed after the fact. Um, but we're going to have to cut it down a lot. We're going to do some fun stuff in our show portion. That'll be own one time only, only for the show. Exclusive. It's exclusive content. And we're so very thrilled that we're going to have PFT with us. What's his costume going to be? We don't know. It's going to be amazing. And where do we get tickets for this? We get tickets. This is so great to ask. This is the question <laughs> we got to be asking. And and we get tickets for this at moment.co slash tsdw that's m-o-m-e-n-t dot c-o slash tsdw the link is on our instagram we are going to post a little video on our instagram highlights telling you what the deal is with the show so that you have easy access to that information um again by the time this episode comes out you got about 10 days to buy those tickets for that show and then once you buy those tickets you got about 10 days to watch that show and we're gonna really do our best to put on a great freaking show for you it's gonna be fun i can't wait i have a great time very excited it's spooky season we gotta go all out um but okay other than it being spooky scary season did anything scary happen to us this week um so 
right now, this time of year is also reminding me of last year at this time, because last year at this time, I had given birth to Silas. Mm, how many months had it been? Three, One, two, three, three months, three months. And that is when all of my hair started falling out. <laughs> oh, you guys, boy. You guys may have noticed that we've been doing some ads for Nutrafol, um, which is the supplement that I started taking when literally my hair was like coming out in clumps. It's really crazy that that happens because it does. It happens happen. to so many women. You get like all this hair and then a bun- and then it and then it falls out. Bodies are so weird. It's wild. And it doesn't. It's not just for like postpartum too. like. I've, you know, recently been learning a lot about it. And 50% of women experience hair loss, like significant hair loss. I guess it makes sense that it wouldn't just be men. And then also all women experience some amount of hair thinning throughout their life. Like it's just very normal. Like it happens to literally everyone. Yeah. And so uh, I've been taking these supplements. They're really working. My hair is growing back, but now it's like I have weird side bangs. Um, you do have cute a- little wispies. It's, I, I really them. have loved watching them grow. But yeah, they're getting long. <laughs> it's like 2005 again, and I have full on side swept bangs. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. But at least my hair is growing back. I think... The supplements are helping. I don't know. I think they I'm seeing are. those. I'm seeing those wisps come through. I'm seeing them. But there's something also that I wanted to share, which is that there's a website and a Facebook group called ShedTheSilence.com. And it's a Facebook group, too. And basically, it's a community where women can share their experiences with hair loss and just try to, like, connect with other people who it's happening to and get, like, tips about how to manage it and get some, like, emotional support around it, too, because it can be really, like, a vulnerable experience because your hair is so important and it makes such a big difference in how you feel and look and to all of a sudden to have, like, a really important part of your, like, physical appearance really change drastically. I was lucky because it was during COVID. So I just got to stay inside the whole time. Uh I didn't have to show anyone my bald head. I wasn't bald. I just (laughs) lost a lot of hair around my hairline. hairline. Yeah. And it sucked. It really sucked. Anything like that. We've talked about that with like any sort of medical body stuff, mental health stuff, anything. Yeah. It it can feel so isolating. That's always like the hardest Mm -hmm. part is to just it makes you feel alone. And that's so nice that you, I mean, you almost, that's also like, none of us are that unique, right? Like if you're going through something, somebody else has gone through it too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like helpful to be able to find those people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is because it's not talked about enough. It's something that I certainly didn't know about at all until going through it. Um, And it's just, you know, it's a thing and it's okay. It's a thing and it's okay. And I love your little bangs. My little hair's growing back slowly but surely. It's getting there. It looks great. Thanks. Thanks. I love you guys. Love you. Henley. Love you. Tell me what's going on with you. Um. So okay. So my scary thing. I'm going to talk about this. This happened on my flight back from Canada. Which, um, look, last week's episode, human centipede episode. Sorry, I brought it up. Um, no, we recorded why before you, Canada. I'm just saying we recorded before Canada. So this is the first episode that I'm recording after Canada. <sighs> we'll be behind the curtain of how the scheduling works out. But I'm just going to talk about a thing <laughs> that happened, which is. On my flight back, I had a really 
very stressful travel day, which is, mm. you know, I, I got to the airport very early because international flight, you know, you want, want to be responsible. So, you know, I, I get to the airport immediately on my way to the airport. I get a text from the airline saying your flight's delayed. OK, fine. Whatever. This happens. Who cares? And then pretty much every 20 minutes, I would get a new text being like, Ugh. your flight's delayed a little bit more. Your flight's mm-hmm. delayed a little bit more to the point mm-hmm. where like the text started to be really triggering to me. Like my phone would go off and I'd be like, no. <laughs> and I would look at it and it was like, your flight's late, your flight's late, your flight's late. And every time I got, the, I got the same message, which is, um, okay, here's the, here's the message from, from Air Canada. Am I blowing up their spot? They were a fine airline. Ble- bleep that out. No, don't. It's fine. Um, I don't blame them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> please note that your flight has a revised time due to an unscheduled maintenance issue within the aircraft that needs to be resolved. Okay, that's stressful, right? You don't want to hear that your plane has a maintenance issue. But so then they say, they know, they're like, you're stressed, we get it. So the the, the message continues. An example of a maintenance issue could include repairing a broken seat, the in-flight entertainment system console, the or engine. other components have to within be the, the aircraft. Right, so you're like, oh, okay, right. It could be anything. It could just be yeah, a broken seat. That's fine. That makes sense. That's cool. That's cool. But I'm getting this message over and over and over. The seat and is over really again. broken. So my flight was supposed to be at 5 p.m. It gets pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to 8:30 p.m. Mind you, I've been at the airport since 1:30 p.m. It's been a long day, yeah. but I'm like, okay, great. Finally, we're taking off 8:30. Great, great. Time to board. Get to the gate at 8 o'clock. I'm at the gate. Flight's canceled. <gasps> And it's one of those planes that it's a big one that has three rows. Yes. I mean, three like, you know, like the oh. international, a middle row of four seats, a huge plane. Yep. And it's the end of the day. It's, it's nighttime. It's like there aren't going to be more flights. So we all, everybody has been there for this long. Everybody's stressed out. It's a bunch of fucking Americans, you know, going to L.A. <laughs> you got to go across the airport and get in a big line to get them to like get you on another flight oh. or something. So I get they immediately. So but. They got so long story short, they did manage to they had another flight leaving for L.A. that was always scheduled for 830 p.m. that had only booked 20 seats. Like, why would they do this? This is crazy. So they ended up putting like our entire flight. I was going to say that must be like 400 people that they had to reroute. Yeah, It was a and they were all so mad. Basically, anybody who had checked bags couldn't get on that flight. But anybody who hadn't and could just like take their stuff with them got on that flight. So they filled that flight up that had had like 20 seats booked. Thank God you didn't check a bag. I know. I literally, I do. For the first time in my life, I had to like run across the airport to try to make the flight, even though they put everybody on it. So they shouldn't have said I had to do that. But they're like, can you run there? And I was like, of course I can run there. I need to fucking get home. Anyway, it was a long day. It was very stressful. But I just wanted to share the email that they sent when they canceled the flight because. Oh, no. Here's the. So remember, the first email, it's been you have a maintenance issue. This could just be a broken seat in flight console, entertainment console. Uh-huh. Next email. Um, we're sorry. Flight from Toronto to Los Angeles is canceled due to an unforeseen aircraft maintenance issue. An example of an unforeseen maintenance issue could include recently detected maintenance uh, affecting key aircraft systems, such as flight controls, navigation systems, or hydraulics. And it's like, it's so clear the messaging of like when they're delaying it, they're like, no, 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 worry. It's the seat. It's the seat. The and then they cancel and are like, hey, probably it was a navigation system. <laughs> Keep in mind, we had just recapped a Final Destination film as well. <laughs> yes. My God. It's just like, which one is true? You know, 
if anybody works John on Denver playing on the radio, if you want to tell me like which one it usually is when they do that, because it's like. I, I don't love to hear that it could have been your uh like flight controls and you were just going to put me on the plane. This is reminding me that on my flight that took was also delayed, not as badly as yours, not nearly as badly, but was delayed like an hour and a half. Did they tell you the same thing? They, they told us, they said lots of the same bullshit, but the thing that was crazy was we started to take off. You oh guys no. were going down the runway. We're like vroom, really fast about to take off. <laughs> Really, really about to wheels, wheels about to lift off. Stop. We stop. Oh, no. We like come to a screeching halt. Oh, God. And then we turn off the runway and then we stop the plane completely. And the pilot gets on and is like, "Um, we had to terminate uh, take take off because our uh, like emergency lights for X, Y and Z came on. We're going to run a check and um, should take 15, 20 minutes. Just uh, sit tight. Oh and Jesus! It was like I don't want to get. On, I don't want to take off right. on this plane now. Let's get yeah. off the plane. This is reminding me of when I was at the Orange County Fair once, and I was next in line for the ride, the zipper. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh my god, I hate this story. <laughs> and as I was like about to get on it, they stopped the ride because a screw fell off, and a guy got out <laughs> with his like tool belt and climbed up on it and like screwed it back in and then was like okay get on you're next and I got on it and I <laughs> and just I was like well I'm about to die but it's my turn and he says to do it so here we go <laughs> you're like this is I'm what not a baby. Yeah, I don't want everybody to think I'm a big baby I'm gonna get on a ride you're like this is why we do it for the adrenaline rush of <sighs> almost being dead that's true just a bunch of little ants you know yep. it's just Go along with what we're told. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I made it home, but it was a it was a hell of a day. That's a long day. I hate airport stress. Ugh, Me too. It's no fun. It's no fun no at all. No fun at all. Um, I my cat has asthma. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um, I guess this is more scary for him than it is for me. But uh, we've had to start using a cat inhaler. Oh my god, I can't believe it. It's so funny. It's so funny and cute and sad. It's basically it's a human inhaler that you buy, which is expensive and again, scary thing, American healthcare system. Mm. Um, um but you have to buy this attachment that is this little tube that then goes to a little thing that you put on his little mouth and it covers his oh. whole face. It sort of looks like the end of it looks like like the mask they have you they tell you to put on on an airplane yeah, in the event kind of like a, a little mini lower cabin pressure a little mini plunger looking like a thing cone kind over of. his face yeah. yeah and I made the mistake of initially approaching it as the same way I do when I cut their nails which is a hundred percent by force and like we're gonna do this and I'll wrap you up in a little blanket and cut your nails and you're gonna be fine even though you're gonna be mm-hmm. miserable. Without realizing that I'm going to have to do this theoretically twice a day, maybe forever. And, oh, God. And that maybe it should actually, it'd be easier if it was a pleasant experience for both of us and not mm-hmm. like a, a mm-hmm. forced, horrifying, traumatizing thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I like put that in his mind first by initially Tough. taking that approach. And so now he's scared of it. But I've been doing a lot of work to try to course correct and bought the mm-hmm. little gogurt treat 
cat gogurt oh, meat treats. So gross. <laughs> so gross. Cat gogurt meat treat. And I put it on the little mask. So he has to lick it off of there. So he's associating the mask is good. The mask is good. The mask means treats. <laughs> but then he'll remember that it's bad. And it's just such a funny. So he'll now beg for it in after because it's after breakfast and dinner times that we do it and so he knows that's coming and he's excited for the treat part but so he'll stand there and, and whine and be like mom it's time for it's time for the treats time for my inhaler and <laughs> but then when i do it he like gets really stressed again and he hates it and it's this just a very funny sad <laughs> daily routine now that we have to do of him just being so caught between loving treats and hating mm -hmm. the inhaler when because when you actually do the inhaler that scares him right yes but like i can, when you put I it can on press him. it away from him because it has it can it stays in the chamber for a little bit so i don't have to like do it right on his face because the little puff okay. of air scares him so i can do that kind of away from him and then bring it onto him but then yeah i do kind of have to hold it onto his face and hold his hold his little body and press it on him Aww. and it has a little flap that measures his breaths and it goes really fast because he's always freaked out so it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh but oh, it's man you know it's for his health you gotta do it though he has a little asthma it. it's for his health it's he has not health. had a little asthma attack since so that's very good wow that's great news. But it's just a very funny thing that now we have to do forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my boy. Poor guy. My beautiful boy. Mm. Um, but okay, let's get into this week's movie, which is a new release that I have been very, very excited for. It is Hellraiser, the remake, <sighs> reimagining. Ooh. Oh, it's not a sequel. It's a. It's uh, the first one over again. New concept. I think it's yeah. It's like based a, on this world. Yes, I think they're they are referring to it as a reimagining. Okay, reimagining. It is directed by David Bruckner, who we love from. We love David Bruckner. The Ritual, The Night House. Uh, written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. Story by David S. Goyer, based on. The book by Clive Barker, mm -hmm. starring Odessa, Zion, Jamie Clayton, Adam Faison, Drew Starkey, Brandon Flynn, Goran Viznik, and Hayam Abbas, who is Marsha Roy from Succession. <gasps> huge, huge news. Huge news. She's great. And it is streaming on Hulu. Wow. We, this was you. I mean, you love Hellraiser. It's your favorite horror franchise. You have a thing for the main character. Pinhead's hot. This is a new Pinhead. I love all Still the Cenobites. Looks hot. Pinhead's obviously the hottest. Yeah. <laughs> Was it really scary? Was it scary? On a scale of one to scary, how scary was it? Mm, that's a tricky scale. So I'm not sure. <laughs> but figure out, figure out what that means to you. Because one, on one end we have a number, on the other hand we have a, an adjective. So where do we fit? <laughs> where do we fit that scale? This is a choose your own adventure scale. Mm -hmm. Fill it in could yourself. Be a sound. You know, the, the, the scale could be a yeah, sound. Yeah, that's true. I'd say it's a. <gasps> Ooh, okay, okay, so that's let's not go from too one scary. to scary. It's a <gasps> <laughs> that's not too scary. That feels like it's manageable. It's manageable. I think yeah, it was in the middle. It wasn't. I didn't find it too scary. There, it is. Um, you know, I was very excited because I read a review saying that it was gnarly, gory, and horny. 
And that's, you know, check, check, checking all the boxes for me. (laughs) Yeah. But in my opinion, it could have been gnarlier, gorier and hornier. Oh, my God. Okay. On a scale from one to horny. Where are we at? It's. mm, It could be that. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 not even close to horny enough for me. Uh, Yeah. It's not a moan. It's it's more of like a. It's not a normal people level horniness or conversations no, it's like with a, friends it's like an horniness. antidepressant side effect level oh wow that's not horny enough that's not horny enough that's like less than horny that's less than horny okay again i think i'm confused with the scale we're off the scale we're off the scale <laughs> um it's it has some horny moments i think it could have been hornier Okay, yeah. But I think you guys would be disturbed by the gore and the mm. Cenobite designs are pretty gnarly. They're a little like yeah, CGI looking, which I wasn't thrilled mm-hmm. about because in the originals, mm. they're all, you know, like 100% practical. And while the CGI mm-hmm. like does it like the designs are very, very cool, but there are just little moments where it you feels just can feel it. a little fake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'd better just let you tell us about it. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. We could yeah, just yeah. keep but doing weird scales. That make I no do want to just ask more questions, but why would I do that when you're going to tell me everything I need to know? I bet, yeah, there may be time. Yeah, you, there may be time for questions. Yeah, we as can we go. throw in questions whenever you feel like it. I will tell you that it has a 69 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which <gasps> is That's pretty funny. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice. Has a 56 on Metacritic and a 6.3 on IMDb. Uh, There's no budget info because it's a Hulu movie. So Mm. no box office either. Wow. It is the 11th movie in the Hellraiser franchise. I Holy did shit. post an Instagram story saying that I was going to attempt to watch the previous oh, 10. I forgot about that. That was an ambitious goal. In six days, because I only had six days to do it. So I had, I, had um, I think, eight movies to watch in six days. And I did not, I did not succeed. <laughs> I didn't even okay, make it close. Fair, close. But I did watch um, Hellraiser 3, which was pretty good. Hellraiser 2 is great, which we covered on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. If you want to nice. um, check that out. I, that will be that one really made me laugh it's, it's i really loved it i think hellraiser 2 wild. might actually be my favorite yeah it's really good iconic iconic uh my halloween costume is going to come from there so also iconic mm-hmm. at one point it was set to be directed by pascal logier i'm sure i'm saying that wrong he is the director of martyrs which oh my! <laughs> I'm scared when seen, we do martyrs. But we're all, as you can hear, scared of that. <laughs> yeah, one. we're not happy about it. And you know, I'd be kind of curious to see his version as well. I hope. I kind of hope that the Hellraiser franchise goes the way of like Alien, where mm. just each iteration is directed by a really fucking cool, talented director. Because mm. I'd like to see different people's takes on it. Even though, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love David Bruckner and I liked this yeah. was directed very well. And I think he's. Oh, hell yeah. Got. Um, I was going to ask if we still, if we're still fans. We're still fans. We're still Great. fans. Congrats, David. I will say that, you know, this is not my, my favorite of the Hellraiser movies, but 
Mm. And it's not my favorite of David Breckner's movies, but I think that's maybe more of a testament to how much I love David Breckner and Hellraiser. Mm. And I don't know, I think my expectations were very high because I love both of those things separately so much. And together it just, um, I thought it was going to be the greatest movie ever made. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not that, unfortunately, but it was fun. Okay. It's also, with this reboot, all of the primary golden age slasher icons of the 70s to 80s have been remade. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Child's Play, this last one. Of like, you know, and those like posters of wherever the iconic horror villains. Wait, all been remade. Nightmare on Elm Street was remade. Yes, remember it had uh, Jackie Earl Harley as Freddy Krueger. He's he's um, Rorschach in Watchmen. He's like a real creepy looking dude. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That guy scares me. And I didn't know this, but famous American makeup artist and RuPaul's Drag Race season thirteen contestant Gottmik was screened in an audition as as the film entered pre-production for the role of Pinhead because David Bruckner saw in his Drag Race finale extravaganza look, he, he dressed as Pinhead. <laughs> <gasps> That's amazing. Which is really cool. Um, that is cool. Gottmik ultimately did not secure the role. Um, it went to Jamie Clayton, but both are prominent trans artists, which I don't know, thought that was cool. That, that is very cool. cool. Um, and I, I went and looked up the photos of Gottmik as Pinhead and it's pretty great. So you guys should look that up. I I'm curious. That I, that's a, that's a strong look for a finale. Yeah. I, do you guys watch RuPaul's Drag Race? No, I don't, but I need to. I have watched. I've it. watched some of it and I want to get into it again. I love that show. It's great. Everyone I know that, yeah, watches it is like obsessed, obsessed. with it. It's not just like Absolutely a casual obsessed. watch. It's like your favorite show mm. but okay should we watch this trailer have you guys seen this trailer oh my god no i haven't seen the trailer Ooh, baby. i haven't seen it i haven't seen it. seen it but i want to see it and i get to see it and isn't that nice is the trailer horny mm. <laughs> face emily i can't remember actually i hope so no, we're, we're about, about to find, to find out. out i hope so i hope so, I hope so. If I had to put my eyes on something, give me a little bit of, give me, give a, me a little, little treat. bit of little, little, little horn. <laughs> give me a little, give me a little, give me a little horny treat. <laughs> okay, let's freaking do it. Beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice. You can hold it. What is it? a puzzle and it's almost finished keep going so if I solve it do I get a prize I do Six sides, six configurations. It opens up and it cuts you. And then they come to collect. (gasps) 
time. Greater delights await. We wish to see you proceed. Feed it. Their blood. Their pain. All for us. What is it you pray for? That's a hard pass from me. Do you guys think it's sexy at all? Oh, uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think it's a little sexy. The beginning, that like opening scene of like, do I win a prize? And the guy goes, I do. It's like, that's, a, that's, a li- that's horny. That's a little bit horny. Yeah. It's not as horny as I would want. But it's a little, it's a little horny. Mm-hmm. Also, for a second there, I thought that that first guy was uh, Ansel Elgort, and I was like, "What the?" Fuck? He also looks like um, and then it, Jacob Bellardi to me. He's like yep, very yep, much that an absolute that combo type of guy. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who was like, "I I get a prize." For a second, I was like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> like I'm like everybody looked kind of like somebody else to yeah. me. I find that I do that anytime there's a movie where it's not a recognizable celebrity. I'm like, wait a second, who is this? A, Let's a blend. Let's yeah, I someone. like need a yeah. I need a recognizable name to attach this person I, to. I'm luckily, luckily in a very brightly lit room right now, and that trailer was just dark enough that it was pretty hard Couldn't for really me to it. actually see what was going on. I will on. say that's one of my I turned complaints my about the film is that it's like. You know how people lost their shit over Game of Thrones being too dark? I mm-hmm, feel like it's like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones level darkness. I watched it in the dark at nighttime and I still couldn't really see. And it was see. still like yeah. that? Okay. Oh boy. David. Mm-hmm. David. The color David. correcting on this. All the horny stuff was in the background in the yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah. No, the horny, yep. the horny scenes were pretty well lit. Okay. okay. So yeah, I do want to watch this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, it does look freaky. Like it, it seems less campy yes. than mm-hmm. than the, the original. Yes, which yes. I think again is a downside for me. Sure. But they were going for like, let's actually make it like fucking scary. Right. But you know how like I think this speaks to also what uh, one of the trivias of this being the like final remake, like all of these remakes of Texas Chainsaw and uh, Friday the 13th and um, Halloween and whatever, like they always make them nastier in a way mm. that is not necessarily better. Mm. Like, the, right. like Evil Dead 2 or Evil Dead 2013, Evil Dead, which actually I haven't seen, so I don't, don't want to offend anybody. Maybe it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there is kind of this you like lose a certain um, je ne sais quoi. There's like an about, artist, artistry that's. Did you guys hear how well I said that? Yeah, mm-hmm. je ne sais quoi. It just yeah. rolled off the tongue. Mm-hmm. I got nervous right before I said it that I was going to say it wrong, and then I said it pretty. Good. Pretty fucking so, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, there's a flattening that happens with like CGI and these mm-hmm. technologies that now we're now able to use where it's like cheaper and easier to do this kind of gore. So people are doing yeah. it. It's like better, but less visceral. So it's worse. Yeah. yeah. And less individual, less like unique. Mm-hmm. And there's like something is gained and something is definitely lost. Yeah. Um, and I apologize in advance. My description of the Cenobites is going to be real rough because I don't know how the fuck to describe these things, but okay. I'll do my best. You always do. You so, always do. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we can ask of each other. 
It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Shall we freaking dive in? Let's dive in. Okay. We start in Serbia. We see Hayam Abbas. She, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it sounds like, hi, I'm a boss. And she is. Yeah, it does. Hi, I'm a boss. <laughs> hi, I'm a boss. Hi, I'm a boss. Her character's name is Serena. We see her exchanging suitcases with some strange man. Clearly a suitcase of money being exchanged for the puzzle box that we remember from the original films. Mm. The puzzle box, I uh, will remind you, is... When you solve it, it basically opens the gate to hell. And is the, she buying the box or selling the box? She is buying it. Buying the box. Got all it. right. And uh, that's all we see. And then we cut to in Massachusetts now at some fancy party at a mansion. Mm. Serena is there as well, sipping on a little martini. And we see a young guy pull up next to her. He's clearly heard something about the man that owns this house, the person that owns the house's name is R- R- Roland Voigt. Does he sort of have a Hugh Jackman quality? Uh, yes, Ooh. he does. And uh, he clearly has a reputation of having 
I don't know, like some sort of forbidden artifacts or something. Okay. <laughs> you know how people have that reputation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, there's a room in this house somewhere mm-hmm. filled with forbidden artifacts. I love it when I go to a party, someone pulls me aside, says that. That person is Serena and she does exactly just that. She says, mm-hmm. go, through, go through those double doors And it's clear that this guy, his name's Joey, he feels like very excited by this and like honored that he's being asked to go through these double doors. And does he have a sort of Ansel Elgort, Jacob Elordi quality guy? He very much does. Mm -hmm. Great, great. And I'll just say he's in a tank top. His muscles are rippling. So he's hot. He's hot. He's horny as hell. It's a little bit. We're getting our first little horniness here. And he's like young. (laughs) Young, young and hot. And clearly very intrigued by whatever's behind these double doors he goes in he sees the puzzle box it's now in a different formation than it was the first time we saw it Mm. first time it was it was like a cube now it's in this kind of almost hourglass shape okay and he picks it up and he starts kind of twisting it little pieces of it move and then Roland Voigt walks in Joey's embarrassed oh I'm so sorry I, I I didn't mean to um mess with your shit while you weren't here he says no no it's okay it's a puzzle like solve it i haven't solved it yet yeah like so if you were invited into somebody's room of ancient artifacts would you touch it (laughs) absolutely not absolutely not i would not touch no 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 fucking way no way i'm not solving an ancient puzzle no no also like i wouldn't i'm like with this thing's probably worth like millions of dollars i'm gonna get my grubby little party fingers on it (laughs) finger food probably (laughs) um but he continues on and he solves it and as he locks it into place it like clicks and a blade shoots out of it and stabs him through the palm he looks up like he's shocked and uh angered at voight and stumbles back and he's very quickly almost like he's drugged Mm. he's getting blurred vision and roland voigt is like looking like a little villain hands behind his back like strolling up to him like "Mm, what's going on here like he knew this was going to happen sure enough some chains blast into that room from a portal somewhere an unseen location we know chains are pinheads and the cenobites kind of weapon of choice is how they Mm -hmm. pull people into hell and that is what happens they did they have hooks on the end of them and they dig into his flesh from like all Uh, different angles and at first pull him up so he's almost he's bound in almost a like christ-like way behind voight being basically pulled apart ah his screams are in the background as voight drops to his knees and he's looking up into the sky above saying grant me an audience with leviathan i have given you everything and groans of pain turn into moans of pleasure as we cut to a sex scene Mm -hmm. between our protagonist riley and her boyfriend trevor she's saying harder harder he's saying do you like that she says i love it he says, I love you. And she stops the sex and says, wait, what? <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's very funny to be like, okay, great. This is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Ask, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to ask her if she likes it. You're going to ask her if she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty wild move on his part. <laughs> 
and a little Chiron comes up saying six years later. Okay. Oh, shit. Wow. So some time has passed and she gets up and like walks out of the room, not like mad, but just uncomfortable and not wanting to have that conversation. So she's like kind of walking away from him and walks out into the living room where there are three other people staring back at her. Awkward silence amongst them. And we find out this is her brother, Matt, his boyfriend, Colin, and their other roommate, Nora. And it's a very like awkward interaction. Trevor comes out like an original initially trying to be like, hey, hey, wait, let's talk. And then sees that everybody's there and they're all like, oh, uh, hey, uh, I'm Trevor. I'm Riley's brother, Matt. Nice to meet you and do awkward introductions. And Trevor leaves. He's uncomfortable. And after he leaves, Riley's like, you guys all just heard us fucking. (laughs) And they say yes. And Matt, her brother, does not like Trevor. This is his first time meeting him. But we find out that Riley is in recovery. And so is Trevor and that they met in recovery. And Matt doesn't like that. Hmm. And Matt has a very protective older brother vibe. Okay. And so Riley is staying at Matt's house during this time because she's not making enough money to get her own place. And he talks to her about that. They have kind of a fight and... He's basically saying, you need to get your shit together. You need to get a real job. You're not making enough money doing what you're doing right now. And she gets mad and she storms out after this fight. And she goes to Trevor's and she's complaining to Trevor. And he brings up that he has an idea for a way they could make money. Oh, no. This is how it always starts. (laughs) And he does that thing at first where he's like, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't. I didn't want to bring this up. I didn't want to, I didn't think but about this But there's this like ancient while. artifact that if it <laughs> opens up to hell and I feel like we could make some good could money. Could be worth some good money. Selling tickets into hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells her that there is a warehouse that he picks up deliveries from uh, and they're usually really he's like, I'm pretty sure a billionaire owns it. Nobody's nobody lives there. It's just like where they store shit and drop shit off. And so there's a shipment there right now waiting to be picked up tomorrow. I don't know what it is, but it's whatever it is. I know it's going to be worth a lot of money. I know the codes to get in and we could go and just take it in the middle of the night like nobody's there. So they decide to do it. Mm. They get in and there's just a a safe and they break into the safe and find the puzzle box. Mm -hmm. And it's in its uh, cube form. And they're both kind of seem bummed like they thought it was going to be, you know, stacks of money or... Sure, Gold. money. Stacks of money worth stacks of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, they figure uh. it must be worth something if it's in this safe. So they take it. Riley goes back home and it's late now in the middle of the night and Matt finds her coming home and is mad and thinks that she's using again. And I think this part was a little unclear to me. I think she might be pretending to be fucked up because she doesn't want to admit that she was actually just robbing a place. But... I'm not entirely sure he thinks she's drunk and like fucked up and Mm. and she doesn't deny it. And Mm. then they get in another fight Mm. 
it escalates to the point where he kicks her out. Oh, boy. It's a pretty sad scene. I mean, it like is stressful, too. I mean, yeah. it's a heartbreaking situation to have a family member dealing with addiction. <sighs> that is sad. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty emotional scene. And she she but she does. She packs up her stuff and she leaves. And it's clear that Matt doesn't feel great about this, but it's obvious that they've had you know this type of conversation before and she goes out and she finds pills and she takes them i don't know what they are but she takes Mm. some pills so clearly she now whether she was actually relapsing before she is now for real like she found a dealer no she like had that i think she had like a stash somewhere that's maybe she she like hadn't was like avoiding tapping into yeah okay and she takes the puzzle box and goes to oh a empty park. It's in the middle of the night. A park in the middle of the night is scary. <laughs> yeah, parks. Oh, oh, I don't like it. Uh, she's sitting on one of those little merry-go-round things. You know, the oh little my God. very scary, mm-hmm. terrifying, spinny most things. terrifying part of a park. Mm-hmm. And I was always scared of those. Actually, even in daytime, like that, I would just fly right off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, would get going too fast and fling me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She starts twisting the puzzle box and solves it. And the blade shoots out of it again. It's too easy to solve this goddamn puzzle box. It does seem pretty easy. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they want you to solve it. It's almost like they want you to solve it. They do. I think (laughs) that is probably the case. It's like Wordle where everybody gets to feel smart. Yeah, everyone feels good afterwards. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a daily Wordle. (laughs) But the, the way her hands are positioned when she solves it, she avoids the blade. So it doesn't stab her, but it does. It's like on the other side of the box and it scares her still, but it doesn't stab her. And so she's spinning on this thing, looking at this blade and she sees a figure in the fog, like the mist of the park, like a little further away. Now is when the pills start kicking in and she like lays Mm -hmm. backwards and starts like getting looking really out of it. And she's looking to see if she can still see the figure. It seems like it's gone. She stops it and she like stands up and is looking around and hears a voice saying that blade was meant for you. And then she sees one of the Cenobites, not Pinhead. This Mm. is... I think they're reimagining a female Cenobite. <laughs> okay. Okay. She has, I think they've called, they've renamed her Gasp in this one. Ooh, I looked at the gasp. IMDb names and I couldn't quite figure out entirely who was who, but I'm pretty sure she's Gasp and it's her throat is slit vertically and like pulled <gasps> open so her throat looks Ew. like it's all very vaginal i feel like the way this these yeah. like slits are remember i used slit a lot yeah, in the yeah, last yeah, one yeah, sorry that's that's but enough. that is just had the only way i can think to describe it and like it's pinned back with pins and nails and her like ew, skin ew, on ew. her head is like peeled forward into kind of a hat <laughs> <laughs> so one difference between these cenobites and the previous cenobites is that Previously, they were wearing kind of leather outfits, like S&M looking outfits. Mm-hmm. Now their outfits are their skin turned inside out. So they're not, there's no actual what? clothes on them. It's all just their muscle pulled taut in opposite directions, like peeled off of them and Ew. like then spread like almost like hide, like cow hide on like weird <gasps> little 
weird little Ew. pins around them. It's nasty, but like very pretty cool, cool fucking design. Yeah. yeah, they did a great job designing these. But I do wish that the Cenobites had each had a little clearer of a um, a theme personality or theme. Yeah, because mm. I found it kind of hard to differentiate them at times. In Hellraiser three, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever do it, but there is one Cenobite in it <laughs> that was a DJ. And so his yeah. his Cenobite personality is he has CDs that shoot out of him and like stab into people. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. That's ridiculous. really funny. A DJ Cenobite. Wow, that really makes me think, what would our Cenobite vibes be? Ooh, that's a great question. There's another oh. one in, in Hellraiser 3 that was a, a, a cameraman and he gets basically fused with his camera and you know the cenobites <gasps> like to say fun catchphrases they love it and his is it's time for your close-up <laughs> that's great i'm gonna that's really i'm gonna so sit dumb. i'm gonna think about this i think at the end of this recap we should say what we think our okay i was i was gonna say instead of the dj to architect pipeline it's the dj to cenobite pipeline mm -hmm. which is another option another option, another option. But this Cenobite basically tells Riley that Blade was meant for you, and if not you, bring us another. And this is a, it's like a dream sequency thing. She's right. She's like high, up, so maybe. And so yeah. we're not sure. And as now, Pinhead does come out of another fog corner somewhere behind a tree. <laughs> Hello. I'm here too. I'm here too. No, Pinhead appears and. As she's talking to Riley, her she starts bleeding through her shirt. Riley does in the in the formation of one of the symbols on the puzzle box. And she does a little signal with her two fingers. This is what Pinhead's little thing does, how she controls like the chains or she seems to be able to do a lot with these little two fingers, little, little signaling. <laughs> OK. And but she like shakes a little two fingers and the. <laughs> circle in Riley's chest like breaks open and chains shoot out of it and we go back to Matt's house and the chains sink into his flesh this is right after Pinhead has said like if not you bring us another Riley is saying no 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 the chains are sinking into the brother they lift him up out of the bed and it cuts oh to him like waking up in bed in the same position it's a really cool like cut and so it is like a dream sequence and he does not have right. chains in him, but okay. maybe something happened in them. that, in that moment that now, mm. now he feels bad and he's going to go look for Riley. He gets out of bed to go find her and he finds her passed out in the park on the merry-go-round thing. And he panics thinking she's overdosed and he like goes to grab her and puts his hand right on the blade of that box. <laughs> no! What? And really fucking cuts himself. His palm is like pouring blood, but he still Fuck. gets, her, he gets her off the merry-go-round and sets her upright by the bathroom. And he's like trying to like slap her face, like Riley, Riley, like come wake up, stay with me. And she's kind of mumbling and moaning and doesn't really know what's going on. He leans her up against the bathroom wall as he goes into the bathroom. He's like, I'm going to rinse off my hand. Like then we're like, we're going to go home goes into the bathroom which is fucking filthy and fluorescent lighting oh that's my i'm i'm out i'm done <laughs> and he's rinsing his hand in these nasty stained sinks <laughs> and blood is pouring into the sink and then he hears a noise 
And outside we see Riley regaining a bit of consciousness and she sees the puzzle box on the ground transforming into the next shape. And we see Matt's blood filling into the crevices of the holes of like something is it's something's happening there. And now Matt starts getting blurred vision, getting woozy, doesn't know what's happening. And the entrance to the bathroom shifts and elongates into a long stone hallway. And I feel like David Bruckner is making a name for himself in like architectural horror. All of his movies... That's kind of (laughs) cool. All of his movies have really cool, like in the ritual, it was like in the forest and scenes of the shelves at the, at the liquor store would come up into the forest. And then in the night house, the husband is an architect and a lot of the scares are the negative space of the the shapes of of the, um, David, David, we love it. This is cool. But then outside, Riley hears Matt screaming and we hear chains clanking. Oh, no. Sounds bad. She comes to and and runs in and he's gone. Oh, man. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yep. We all know where he is. (laughs) He's in hell. He's in hell, hell, unfortunately. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But the cops arrive. And I think she must have called the cops. Colin and Nora, the roommate, are now down there, too. And they're trying to she's trying to explain what happened. But they obviously know that she's on drugs Mm. and are just confused about what happened. She's obviously confused about what happened. No one quite knows what to do. And the cops say they can't do anything about it yet because and I mean this is true that when an adult is missing I feel like they can't do anything about it for a while right it's like 48 hours or something yeah Jesus, that's bad yeah so Colin is really stressed Matt's boyfriend and is trying to get information out of Riley and she uh this is like the next morning now this has like gone through the night I think they've been awake all night but She's she's not like as fucked up anymore. It's like she's sobering up and she's telling Colin it has something to do with this box. She still has the puzzle box. It's changed shapes now. It's in kind of a hexagonal (laughs) shape. And Colin, it doesn't seem like dismissive is not acting like she's crazy but just is genuinely like has no idea what she's talking about like it's just like well he i mean it does sound insane yeah, it's he like, like doesn't what is know you... what to make of it yeah mm-hmm. even if someone wasn't on drugs like you would be like what's yeah what is that what are you talking right. about but it's clear that he's not like belittling her and like making mm-hmm. her feel insane he's like i like want to understand i just don't understand yeah yeah uh, she gets upset and frustrated and goes to Trevor's house and immediately has sex with him, which is interesting. Your brother's missing and it's huh. just like, you're just so horny. <laughs> I guess just like a numbing. Yeah, I think yeah. A, a distraction. Um, disconnect. Yeah. But while they're having sex, she sees Chatterer, who is my <gasps> other favorite Cenobite. <gasps> <Chatterer! laughs> 
like who, it. Yes, he just chatters his teeth. That's his thing, which I think is a pretty recognizable trademark. So I appreciate that because the rest sure, of them are we kind like of blunt together. Chatterer really does stand out their thing, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So she screams uh, and Trevor can't see Chatterer, but he believes her. And she's like, the, the puzzle box changed. She's showing it to him. He's like, how'd you get it to change? She says, I th- like, it got Matt's blood and it changed. I don't know what's going on. Like, you try it. I think you, like, you solve it. And he's, like, scared. He's like, I'm not fucking with that. Smart. So it's clear he believes her. And she's like, something's yeah. going on. We need to find out more. Can you find out who owns the building that we took this from? Like, they must know something. So he does. And they find Serena's name. And they're able to track her down to a nearby hospital where she, I think, has lung cancer. Because, again, this is like six years later. So time has passed and she's Mm -hmm. like now dying. And Mm. they go in and visit her. She is clearly remorseful about things that she has done in her past. She talks about Roland Voigt and says, I used to Mm. clean up his messes and I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. Mm. Like send people to hell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like innocent. Did some things I'm not proud of. (laughs) Could you expand on what that means? Yeah. Anytime someone says that now, I'm going to just be like, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to need more information there. Mm-hmm. But Riley pulls out the puzzle box and is basically like, we need information on this. Serena's demeanor really shifts. She looks really, really scared. She tries to grab it from Riley. She's like, you can't. No, don't. I'm taking this from you. You can't have this. This is like so bad. You trust me. You don't want this. Oopsie. And as she's grabbing it, it shifts no! and it stabs Serena through the hand. That would suck. And Serena is she just <laughs> quietly sits down and is staring at her hand bleeding. She like is resigned to it. She knows. Serena's like, it's okay. I did it to myself. I did it to myself. Oh, God. Trevor and Riley leave. We see the, she throws the box in the back seat of her car. We see it shifting into the next formation. And we see Serena now being uh, taken into an operating room for her hand, like to get stitches or something. The nurses are like, well, she cut her hand, so she'll need stitches. But as she's being wheeled into that, the building is shifting around her, like in front of windows, we'll see cement walls sliding and like the shape of the building changing, which nobody else is noticing, but Serena is just watching it in anticipation of what is about to happen. And as she gets uh, left in the operating room alone while the to wait for the doctor or whatever, the uh, hallway opens up at the end of the operating room and we hear a really heavy wheezing. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like a harmonica. I like without like a harmonica. It sounds like an instrument. It sounds like there, I don't know how to describe it. It sounds like there's metal involved in this breathing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ew. Okay. A Cenobite turns the corner. This Cenobite's skin is, I think their back skin is pulled over their face. What? Like, that doesn't even make any really sense. Really tightly. 
And so that's why they can't really breathe. And there is metal pieces put along the spine, along the lungs that looks like they're breathing out of their back instead of their mouth. It's really trippy and weird, but he, they're coming for Serena. Serena does still try to run. I think you probably still would, even though you like, know it's not going to happen and think instinctually you're just like oh, okay fuck it all get away get away get away get away yeah you'd hate to not have tried <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so she does she runs out but she's very quickly cornered by another five or so cenobites and we see the female cenobite again serena drops to her knees in front of her and says forgive me i'm sorry for what i've done i'm sorry for everything that i've done and female cenobite aka gasp sorry i forgot her name is gasp gasp now i really loved the name female cenobite yeah that was really good that was really good uh she says save your breath for screaming oh my god oh my god and then we cut away we don't see serena's death but we know that she has died yeah Now we see Riley Googling Roland Voigt, trying to find out more about him. She finds his estate is nearby and there's a lot of missing persons uh, associated with him. He's missing. And like people around him are missing. Yeah. Like people went missing at his estate. (laughs) They went to hell. They're like yet another person missing from this guy's house. Like Mm -hmm. after going to a party. Hmm, what are you going to do? Pretty suspicious. <laughs> As she's doing this, Trevor takes the box and is trying to get rid of it. He, she catches him doing this and gets pissed at him. I think Riley thinks it's her only way to be able to find her brother, which I guess is mm. true. Yeah, that makes sense. So she's really mad at Trevor for this, but I also very much understand Trevor's motivation. Yeah, here. yeah. He's yeah. saying like, we need to get fucking, we need to get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. And she says no. And she takes it back and goes by herself with it to Voight's abandoned mansion, which, again, very cool architecture here. It looks like the puzzle box. It has a metal layer, like a gate that covers every inch of the house in the shape of a cube in kind of the pattern of the box. But she's able to break in. She like crawls through the exterior gate through a hole in it and is able to get in. She finds the what looks like the center of the house, which is the room that we saw in the beginning with Joey and Voight. Mm. And it has these controls in it that open and close the gates. And there is a set of external gates and there's a second inside layer of gates so many gates. Yeah, so this okay. house in itself is looking like a little puzzle box. A little puzzle box. Mm. She finds all of these journals and photos and things that some some of which we recognize from earlier Hellraiser movies. They're drawings of Pinhead and they're drawings of um the the puzzle box and it shows that there are six configurations of this puzzle box. And if you saw, if you get past all the levels, the Leviathan grants you a gift. And Leviathan, we know from Hellraiser 2, is like hell's god. But not the devil? <laughs> I don't know. I think this is just hell's like a... Hell's god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. 
The devil's someone else. I the devil's know. in Cen- all the Cenobites. Maybe the devil doesn't like exist I in think this the, version of hell. I think the hell. devil doesn't exist in this hell. There aren't demons, there's Cenobites. But the Cenobites are not sometimes the devil, there's hell's God. referred to as demons, but I think it's sure. humans that refer to them. I don't think they refer to themselves as demons. Right, and they all used to be humans. Right. Yes. Which demons all used to be angels? Yeah. They used to be, they're fallen no angels, idea. but angels used to be humans. <laughs> this is confusing. Sounds, sounds tricky. <laughs> and as she is going through these journals, she hears Matt's voice calling out to her, Riley, mm-hmm. help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> she runs towards the voice. Oh, no. Which we've I mean, all done it. We've I guess all done she kind it. of would, though. I mean, at this point, you would. She, doesn't she doesn't know. know. And she might just think he's been kidnapped by Voight, you know? Yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense. But yeah, we know that it's we don't like not it, prob- but... probably not going to be him. No. She finds him, Oof. or what appears to be him, in uh, a room of the house. And How does it appear to be him? It's, I mean, it looks like him, but it kind of reminded me of the night house where a trick a trick of the light it no it's like fully him but it's he seems very like removed he's being very Mm. like chill like he's like yeah he's not freaking out in like a creepy way yeah he's Mm. like hello (laughs) Mm. (laughs) like personality wise it is not him looks wise it is him okay and she sees him and says is it really you and he says, do you want it to be? Which okay. is a very telling answer to that question. As uh, like, well, no. And she says, yes. And she runs to hug him. Which, honey. you know, we've got some clues here now that this maybe is not Matt. And as she's hugging him, we see her fingers around his back pressing into muscle Ew! now not oh, okay, skin okay. not clothes and she looks into the mirror behind and sees that she's hugging just a fully skinned man <gasps> no skin on this person screams jumps backwards into Colin and Nora and Trevor who have just arrived because they were worried about her and she turns to them and turns back and Matt is gone she's freaked out and they're all trying to calm her down Mm-mm, mm-mm. Colin and Riley uh, they're sitting in that room together she's trying to explain to him the journals she found she's showing him the box again she's saying it needs a blood sacrifice for each level okay. and then it transforms and once you get to the sixth level you get a wish granted <laughs> Colin again like somehow seems really open to it open to it yeah he's yeah. not okay. he's not like acting like she's crazy uh, Trevor and Nora go into a different room of the house to give them some privacy and they go into this little room with like a piano and a, and a mini bar. This is more fun. Yeah, this is a nicer <laughs> room than the others for now. And mm. he tries to find alcohol. He turns to Nora and says, what's your pleasure, ma'am? Which is a fun callback to the original movie. That's, I think, the first line or it's at least the last line of the first Hellraiser. What's your pleasure? And Nora looks annoyed by this and says, we don't drink when Riley's around. 
And Trevor clearly is like, okay, well, I'm going to drink because I'm very stressed out. He's also like, this is a pretty unusual situation that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that I would be trying to drink in this situation. No, I don't think alcohol would help. No, no. It probably would not help. Trevor leaves that room to go find a bathroom, leaves Nora alone in there. We cut back to Riley explaining to Colin. She points to something in one of the journals that one of the gifts that Leviathan can give you is resurrection. And so she now she now thinks that if she completes the six configurations of this puzzle box, she can ask for her brother to be resurrected. Colin is like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. (laughs) She's desperate. But yeah, it's the best lead we've got so far. We see Nora in that room by herself. She finds another little switchboard thing, little breakers, and she's flipping those. One turns music on, one turns lights on, and one opens a trap door on the other side of the room that uh-uh. she fucking goes into. Uh-huh. Doesn't even seem like she hesitates. She's just like, oh, what's this now? <laughs> <laughs> Which what? Oh. In an abandoned mansion? We've Not all good. been there. I just don't know. Honestly, in in any mansion, I do think trapdoors are cool. Though, have you guys ever see, like seen a place with a trapdoor? I mean, I guess not a not like a real one. I, I I had a friend who had a. I guess it was probably like a safe room. It was like a hidden room behind <gasps> a, a um a bookshelf. You had, it like Ooh. twisted the bookshelf and it would reveal a little room. That's Cool. And I do think it is cool. And I always wanted to go in there. So I guess I kind of a little bit understand the motivations of like, ooh, but like not in an abandoned creepy house. And not like alone and not when someone's missing and, yeah. and not when there's a weird puzzle box that has a blade attached. Yep, 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 yep. That's right. I also feel like a, a, a weird rich man's mansion, the secret room is not a good place. <gasps> really yeah. bad. It's a really bad place. Do you know what place. I mean? Like that's not a nice room. Yeah. Even in not this movie. Yeah, agreed. It's also not one in this movie. It is a a stone dark hallway. As soon as she walks into it, the door closes behind her and locks. She starts banging on it, is thinking Trevor's playing a joke on her. Why? Trevor does come back (laughs) because he hears the banging and he's like, what the fuck is going on? She tells him that there's uh switches by the piano go flip those he's trying to go like find which one it is oh boy and we see riley in riley and colin in the room that they're in riley's trying to show colin the box reaches for it and it's gone she's like where's the fucking box and in that dark hallway we see someone with their with the box in their hands, with the knife blade part sticking out, jab it into Nora's back. Ow! Nora is screaming. Everyone is now hearing her screaming, but she's like screaming from within the walls. People don't know how to get to her. She starts running down the hallway and we see the figure of whoever stabbed her. We're not sure if it's a Cenobite. Who the fuck is that? It's like it's like vaguely humany looking, but so are the Cenobites. And She's able to get to the end of the hallway and like pushes another door open that that opens into the middle of the house and 
the rest of them have followed the sounds of her screaming. They run into her there and she's like, my back, my back. And the box is still jabbed into her back. They pull it out oh and the gosh. blade is like long and it shoots like a stream of blood out of her back. Oh. They probably should have left it in, but uh, now she's losing blood very rapidly. Yeah. They jump into, you know, we got to go. We got to get out. We got to get out of here. Nora is very quickly losing consciousness and she's saying there was a man in the walls and this creeps out uh, Riley and everybody, mm -hmm. obviously. And they uh, hoist her up and carry her out of the building in and get back into uh, a van that they came in. And as they do, we see within the little hidden tunnels, Roland Voigt. Just creeping around, just hanging just out. hanging out inside his walls. Mm -hmm. He's hiding in his little hidden tunnels. Okay, does he seem like the same as last time we saw him? We or... don't really get a great look at him. He seems like okay. not, not well. Yeah. Sure. I mean, anytime you I try to... I wouldn't say this is healthy behavior. Cut a deal with the with the devil, the le le Leviathan in the situation. It's never going to turn out well for you. Exactly. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So now we're... In the van, panicked, driving as fast as we can through these woods and getting kind of lost. It seems like the turn is not there anymore. They're like, what the fuck? Oh, boy. Like, where do we go? And in the back, Nora is on the brink of consciousness. She's like, uh, she says, I hear bells. I hear bells. We don't like to hear that. <laughs> as they drive past this one spot in the road the road shifts it like drops down like a to a staircase below the same thing happens in on the road in front of them they don't notice it but then they turn a different direction but then we go back to nora's point of view and she's looking out the back windows of the van and they just get further and further away and it starts elongating again into a, a, like a hallway. And she looks up to the front seat of the van and they start getting further and further away. Oh, and so she's oh. now alone in this long, dark oh. hallway and her friends are like getting further and further Ooh, away from it. It's really sad. cool, but very scary. Yeah. And from the end of the hallway again comes Chatterer and another guy with his face is like there's like a metal ring around his head and it's like his face skin is oh wrapped God, around skin. the metal ring. Okay. And it's almost like he has actually no head. It's just a face skin <laughs> on this metal loop. Like those, you know, those like embroidery things, the little embroidery yeah, like a cross stitch. Yes. A cross stitch of a face. Yes, that's, that's all that's on his, above his shoulders is just a little cross Nasty. stitch face. Pinhead comes out from the other direction of the hallway. So she, Nora is um, blocked on both ways and totally freaking out. Pinhead does her little finger motion and chains shoot out from both directions and they grab Nora by the feet and the back and the arms, but then also the stomach and chest and pull from separate directions. So they pull her into a full C shape. Ew, what the fuck? So ew, her ew, head is ew. now upside down and Pinhead walks up to her to talk to her and she's looking at her upside down. 
Okay. With her like stomach forward and her legs and her arms behind her. It's gnarly. No, thank you. Looks really good. And she starts praying. Nora starts praying. Please God. Please God. Um, Pinhead says, "What is it you pray for?" Okay. And Nora says, "Salvation." Pinhead says, "And what would it feel like? A joyful note without change." without end there's no music in that <laughs> they always have this creepy poetry that they do which i really mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they love their jobs they love their jobs they're having a good right. time and That's she so pulls true. one of the pins from her head their nails actually she pulled and they're like uh it, we see about an inch protruding out from her head there's another uh-huh. about three inches inside. So she pulls aye, out like aye. a four inch nail from her forehead. No. Uh, maybe even longer. That's the first time I ever thought about the actual length of a nine inch nail. Be pretty That's big. Pretty big. <laughs> pretty big. And she's t- pretty fucking cool. <laughs> pretty fucking cool name for a man. And she <laughs> takes this nail and jabs no. it into. No. Nora's throat horizontally like a like Frankenstein style sure 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 and then we mm-hmm. get a shot in the throat seeing it like cross <gasps> the inside uh, and poke oh. out through the outside Nora Die-yai-yai. is screaming now the tone of her scream <gasps> is changing a bit as she is uh-huh. being stabbed uh-huh. and Pinhead said that says there's so much more the body can be made to feel and you'll feel it all before we're through and she pulls the chains a little tighter she pulls the nail out of the throat and chatterer comes up and puts their hands on either side of nora's face and the chains on the back of nora's head are like uh, ripping off basically and there's like a lot of blood coming from her head now and it's all pouring down onto chatterer's face as he's going like blood going in his teeth. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> and with one swift motion, the chains pull and they pull all of the skin off Nora's back <gasps> and okay. she falls to the ground. And in it, the van, it, Riley looks into the rearview mirror and can see Pinhead and this scene happening only in the mirror. But turns around and as the chains like pull the skin off her back it's basically just this kind of explosion of blood and then in the back of the van Nora is gone we all come home after a long day of work and what's the first thing we do we take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day well what if I told you that skims has changed all that skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's 
supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. On. Whoa, okay, wow. They stop and get out of the car, freaking out where the what the fuck is going on. Uh, Riley takes um, the box and runs with it and is about to throw it off. There's like a bridge with a river below. She's about to throw it. We hear, wait, and Pinhead appears and she says, not yet. You must accept the pain that you have wrought. Greater delights await. We wish to see you proceed. Riley says, I didn't ask for this. Pinhead says, but you did. Riley says, what are you? Pinhead says, explorers of the further reaches of experience. <laughs> okay, a.k.a. sadomasochist from That's hell. That's right. Baby. Uh, she tells her, our gifts are boundless. Our God awaits. You know what it can offer. Your brother's ending was exquisite. Would it bring you comfort to see him again? And Riley kind of seems like she's not going to do it. She seems like she's over it. Yeah, I mean, toss that <laughs> shit off the, the river. Well, wait, and also, wait, I'm a little confused. The Cenobites, like, you don't turn into a Cenobite necessarily, right? Right, right. It's just, but maybe it's, as Pinhead laying the groundwork for turning Riley into a Cenobite. That's kind of what it feels like. I think she's just kind of encouraging her to finish the the what Puzzle she has journey. started yeah i think it like maybe they're like awoken and they need to finish this or something i think that is another thing that's tricky about this movie is it's it's getting more into the rules of this world which it's a little more fun mm. when you kind of don't know a bit of a minefield yeah. yeah also it's like why does riley care what the cenobites want yeah right you know right right i don't care and so she also literally just told her her brother's dead. So it's like, oh, OK, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Pinhead, I think, senses that Riley's maybe not going to follow through with this. So she quickly causes Riley to stab her hand on the puzzle box mm -hmm. and says, now we have your blood. We can come for you at any time. So you or someone else, you choose your choice. F feed it. There's just two more. And then he's yours. And then Chatterer comes out of the shadows and starts uh, moving towards Riley. Like right now, they're already coming for her. And so like it's, it's like, like, okay, here yeah, you, go. you have a chance to now stab somebody else or it's your turn. And so her and Trevor and Colin okay. are running away from the Cenobites and Colin trips and falls and Chatterer is getting really close to him and he freaks out. They can all see the Cenobites now, too. Yes. Okay. And Chatterer just goes right past Colin. He's not after him. He's after Riley. And Riley and Trevor, uh, there's like a gate 
into the property, like a, like the, along the driveway that opens up and there they get stuck behind this gate somehow. I can't really remember. And Chatterer is like reaching through the gate at them. Trevor's trying to push Chatterer away and Chatterer starts biting Trevor's arm. He's <gasps> gnawing into him like right in his little elbow crease and is just like pulling flesh away from it. Ew. Trevor is screaming in pain and Riley is looking like, what the fuck do I do? And Riley gets an idea and she takes that puzzle box and she <gasps> stabs Chatterer with it. Chatterer, okay. Very interesting. Chatterer immediately stops gnawing on Trevor. <laughs> he gets up and backs away and... Oh, spreads his arms like he's he's accepting it as if he's about to accept a um, huh. gift of some sort. We see Pinhead. Her face gives away nothing. Is she pleased by this? Is she mad? We don't know. I don't think that it's really about hmm. that. She just raises her little fingers and signals out for those chains to come out. They hook into Chatterer on the shoulders, ribs, and legs. And absolutely rip him apart into i mean Whoa. he just gets demolished yeah he's just completely torn apart oh my god chatter huh. i guess you don't get anything for being loyal a loyal cenobite i know it's it's like well he's already a cenobite is that what we want i guess it doesn't I matter it doesn't matter. matter so this is a pretty huge like a huge loophole to have just discovered. yeah this is a pretty huge discovery and we see the box transforming. So now there's only one more that it needs to complete its final configuration. They run back, they get Colin up and they run back into the mansion and the Cenobites are all chasing them now. Well, they walk slow, like all good horror movie villains. Yeah. They're just kind of slowly approaching. They'll get what they want. No need mm -hmm. to rush. Mm -hmm. So the three of them get into the mansion and they flip the switch so that it closes the gates around the whole house. And so now the Cenobites can't get in. And they just stand outside looking in, waiting. Mm. Trevor is bleeding out. He's not doing good. From his little elbow crease? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it gone. <laughs> Ew! Um, and they take Riley's belt and make a little tourniquet and they leave Trevor in a room while they try to, you know, look out the window back at the Cenobites, figure out what they're going to do. And as Trevor is alone in the room, Roland mm. comes out, presses his hand over Trevor's mouth and, uh, then takes it away. And after Trevor like realizes who it is and Trevor starts saying, I'm sorry, this is like, it's all gotten out of control. I'm sorry, Mr. Voigt. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Trevor was in on it. That's why he made them get the box. Mm -hmm. Oh, God damn it, Trevor. Fucking Trevor. None of this would have happened, Riley, if you just said I love you back. <laughs> God. Yeah. Was he really asking so much, you bitch? <laughs> This is what happens, ladies. <laughs> and Voight is mad and saying, you know, you've this is all out of control now. And Trevor's saying, like, I don't think it's that out of control. Like, she's been doing it and it only has one left and we're here. And so it's like not that big of a deal. The plan is still going to be completed. It's just she's been kind of doing the whole thing. <laughs> and that's fine. 
Women, man, you can't control. Them. <laughs> uh, Trevor says, "Just be patient." And we now get our first good look at Voight, and there is a big metal contraption through his chest that Oof. looks almost like um, uh, not an accordion. It's like an instrument, though, sort of that. It has pulleys, and <gasps> we oh, see like that what's around the pulleys are his nerves. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. So oh, my it's God. Like twisting his, so as it starts moving, he'll kind of crumble in pain, screaming. And he gets very pissed at being told to be patient. And he says, every second is a lifetime. Oh, my God. Ew. This is what happens when you try to talk to the Leviathan. Just don't do it. I know. I know. Uh, Riley and Colin are in the other room. They don't see this happen. And Riley decides that they want to just let one of the Cenobites in because they figured out they can stab it and that that's still acceptable. Sure. So they've got to they've got to kill one of those because they she's not going to mm -hmm. stab anybody in the house. So they mm -hmm, open mm -hmm, the gate. Mm -hmm. Riley should stab Trevor. But okay. yes. Uh, but she doesn't know that yet. And she opens the gate and walks out. And there are, I think, five Cenobites out there. We've got Pinhead. We've got Gasp. There's one called Weeper, which is a very creepy name. And I don't know how to describe Weeper. They're like more robot looking than the other ones. Less less of mm. a human face, kind of like a black, very black eyes and and missing the bottom of their jaw ew, 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 they were in the trailer ew, ew, yeah. ew. yeah i don't like yeah. it real creepy one didn't like that one and weeper reaches out to riley and their fingers split all down their forearms like in men ew no but on both sides so now they have okay. this little okay Oh my Ew, God, almost like insect-like arms. Ew. You're doing too good a job at this. You said you weren't going to be good at it. And okay, I'm good, good. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so they're mm -hmm. now closing in on Riley. Riley's backing up. It's Weeper and Gasp that are coming towards her. But as Riley goes in, only Gasp gets in and they're able to close the gate again behind Gasp. Gasp is the one whose skin is covering. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. <laughs> covering your mouth. And we see now that Gasp also has the contraption with the nerves on it. And as, as they're <gasps> breathing, we see the nerves being turned. And ew, know, ew, it's ew. really gnarly. And they also have like pins through the top of their hands. Really, really intricate uh, design here. Really good job to this team. Looks okay. Looks very scary. And Yuck. Gasp charges for Riley, and they as she's uh, as she's about to be get got. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so stupid. It's so crazy. That no, was right. we're not saying that. <laughs> we don't say those words. Uh, they close the gate, the internal gate, because there's two layer. Uh -huh. 
Lyles. 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 Two Lyles. Oh, God. You're going to get God in the Lyles. <laughs> There's two layers of gates, and they close the in- inside gates, and it closes on gasp. So the top half of their body is uh, in on one side and the bottom half is on the other. So they're stuck, basically. And in such a way that it tears the skin <laughs> that's wrapped around their head, ew, ew. revealing only the skull and like no... I don't think there's teeth. There's just a tongue ew, dangling ew, underneath. Ew, ew, dangling! <laughs> no, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like there's not m- maybe muscle to... Hold it. <laughs> I don't care for this. But no, no, no. But Let's fast forward through all this part. Then what happens? This is actually a pretty good scenario because now the Cenobite is stuck. And sure. but in the in the running from it, Riley has dropped the box. And so, oh, God, no. But Colin is on the other side of the gate. So she calls out to Colin and says, the box, I dropped it right there. Colin's looking for it can't oh find no. it he oh said no. he's Where's not Trevor? here it's Where's not Trevor? here trevor's trevor's <gasps> there and trevor was actually the one pressing like to open and close the gates seems like he was okay. actually trying to help them okay. because it doesn't matter to him he's like if we can stab this Cenobite, he's just trying to complete the yeah yeah, yeah, uh, then that's yeah, great. yeah yeah okay he don't he mm-hmm. don't care but out of the shadows comes voight <gasps> ronald yep, and he stabs colin no and he stabs him real good and like slices him up his belly Looks Ew. like a, a mortal wound on its own. Colin falls to the ground. Riley is calling out to Trevor saying, that's Voight, that's Voight, that's him. And yeah. Voight turns to Riley and says, oh, he knows and reveals their whole evil plan. Well, not really evil plan, but just basically saying your boyfriend, you know, did this for money, cared more about money than cared about than he cared about you. Uh, this is where he also explains the contraption inside of him. He says that he completed the cycle before and he claimed his reward and chose pleasure, but they only gave him pain. As he's doing this, the box is transforming into the final configuration because it's had Colin's blood now. And the final configuration is the Leviathan shape. It's like a diamond shape. And we see the Leviathan coming from above. It's... We saw it in Hellraiser 2. It's just a big diamond in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Like diamonds in the sky. (laughs) Like a diamond. (laughs) Just like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Riley yells to Colin, like, you need to run. They're coming. They're going to come for you. And the man with the stretched face, sure enough, is coming for Colin. And another Cenobite that we haven't seen before is here now. I can't remember what this Cenobite looks like. But the Cenobite that gets to him first is Gasp. And she does a little signal of her own. But rather than chains coming out, razor wire comes out. Which seems worse. Worse. Definitely worse. (laughs) That's worse. Definitely worse. That's worse. And the rest of the Cenobites are now coming towards Roland. Clearly, they remember him and they're like mad at him, I guess. I don't quite know, but uh, he flips one of the switches and it closes both gates. And now Roland and 
Trevor and oh, what did I call him? Ronald. Sorry. That's just a pretty rolled. easy mix up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understandable mix up. Uh, mm-hmm. So now the the three humans are in the center of the house and all the Cenobites are stuck in between the two layers of the gates. So it's sort of like a moat of yes. gates. And Rowan okay. says to them, you thought I built a fortress. I built a cage and I'm not letting you out until you make me right again. Okay. Wow. Huh. And Pinhead says, all of this, all for us. <laughs> She's okay. like, little lines. She says, you don't like our gift? <laughs> <laughs> he says, fuck your gift. Take it out of me. Also, in, in this shifting of the gates, it has separated Gasp from Colin as well. And so he's momentarily safe from the Cenobites. Mm. But while this conversation is happening, Riley opens the gates. I think not knowing the Colin situation, just knowing that she wants mm. the Cenobites to get Roland. But the ga- gasp gets Colin. The razor wire loops all around his arms and pulls him back and sinking into his flesh. Some pull uh, like loop around his midsection as well as just like slicing into him. He's screaming in pain. Riley runs to him while the rest of the Cenobites are like closing in on Roland and Riley tells Gasp to stop and says, I didn't choose him, which I feel like, why would they give a shit? They mm-hmm. don't care. They were going to take you. They don't fucking care what but you they want. Kind of, she kind of does stop. She's like, hmm, <laughs> okay, well, well, who do you want then? Like, I, I guess she's like, if there's someone you'd rather... That's fine as long as I get mine <laughs> type of thing. Very interesting. Sort of a reasonable yeah. lady. And Roland is talking to Pinhead and saying, like, I I I want to go back, back to how I was. Like, you need to reverse all this. Pinhead says, once you cross cross a threshold, you can only search for greater thresholds. A gift cannot be ungiven. And back in the room with Colin and Riley, Trevor's in there as well. Riley turns on Trevor and stabs him with the box. Yeah. And okay. yep. makes sense. Makes sense. And back in the main room with Roland. I will say there's, there's, there's the horny stuff. Like, at, like uh, we haven't been hearing a lot of things that are too horny. Exactly, Henley. Not not really horny no, no. Mm. and wow yeah it's probably my main complaint <laughs> yeah so, quite a bit more horniness mm-hmm. uh pinhead says to roland we misread your desire you asked for pleasure but i think what you meant was you wanted power like basically you've always gotten pleasure from power And so we will give you the greatest power of all. She does a little wave of her fingers. The contraption falls from his chest. We see his skin heal back together. He's laughing and like so happy. Oh, he's going to become a Cenobite, (laughs) isn't he? And a big chain comes down from Leviathan and pulls him up into it. While we see Trevor, the razor wires now release Colin. 
and wrap around Trevor. And now we see the wires really doing their full work, which is essentially skinning him alive. It's like <gasps> flaying him, taking that skin right Ew! off. God, I hate that. Razor wire goes down like through his mouth and his eyes and it pulls him down to no. hell. We don't actually see his head being skinned. It pulls him down to hell. He's gone. As Roland is being taken up, Pinhead says, we have such sights to show you, which again, another line from the original. Love it. Love all the callbacks. And so the, Roland's gone, Trevor's gone, and now Riley walks out to face Pinhead and Pinhead says, you know, you've passed all the levels now. What's your, what do you wish for? Um, do you want to see your brother again? And Riley says, basically, like, hell no. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, great, great, she's great. Like, she knows, she she's knows. She's like, I've yeah. seen your gifts, I've seen, it's yeah. all tricks. And Pinhead yeah. mm, seems displeased by this, but has to grant her wish. Says, you've chosen to live with your guilt, with the pain that you've caused, and you'll live a brief and sad life or something like that. Not like an eternal Some life gift. of <laughs> pain and pleasure, oh, okay. what you could have with right. us, uh, sure. but whatever, it's your choice. You have chosen the lament config configuration, and the box returns to its original form. Cenobites disappear, and hmm. then we get uh, we see you know Riley and Colin leaving. Colin seems like he's going to make it, despite uh, again like so many wounds. He's going to yeah. have. A long hospital stay. So much razor wire in his <laughs> arms and chest and also a full stab wound all through his stomach. Oof. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's a tough to be calling. But it does seem like calling. he is going to survive. So that's that's good, I guess. Mm. Uh, and then we see Voight within the Leviathan, I suppose. He's mm. in this kind of space where it's just white light all around him he seems appears to be floating his skin has lost he's naked he's got no hair on his body anymore he's starting to look like a little uh, you know cenobite-esque um sure. he's being prepped for cenobite-ness <laughs> being cenobited <laughs> Is this what he wanted from the beginning? Bit. Like, what was he expecting was going to happen to him? You know? Endless pleasure? Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's the whole morality of these movies. The whole, like, moral lesson is that we want too much. I think pleasure. it is kind of a, um, yeah. you know, you metaphor pain. for addiction, too, of just, like, wanting, mm -hmm. want, wanting um, more and Never more Never being more. satiated. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, that's not good. <laughs> And it's not going to actually bring you anything good. And so he, oof, we see him being turned into a Cenobite and it is really brutal. His skin just starts basically peeling off and being pinned back. Like he's kind of looks like a frog in a science class. <laughs> like yeah, his skin Ew, being taken yeah. off and pinned behind him. And the skin is taken from his, around his mouth and peeled back to like exposing his jaw pinned behind him. <sighs> his eyes turn black and he 
is floating in this white space, what looks to be like on a cross, very Christ-like. And that's the end of the movie. Oh, my God. Wowie. That was just unnecessarily gross. It was just nonstop gross. You know, here's the thing, Henley. I wanted it to kind of be grosser. I don't know what that yeah. means. Yeah. It's like something about it felt unsatisfying. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I didn't really find it um like shocking. Well, I guess way. the plot is like the brother was the main point of conflict, the main like emotional tension. And the brothers just like disappears immediately. Mm-hmm. And so and never really returns. So I think, you know, also something in the originals is the combo of pleasure and pain as being one right, in the same. Of, and there in wasn't this, a lot of pleasure happening. It feels very separate to me in this. It's like there's pleasure and there's pain. Mm-hmm. And what I like in the originals is that for Cenobites, they're the same thing. And I didn't feel right. like there were a lot of scenes where I was getting that impression across. Like, I feel like I want yeah. scenes like I think in the original, it's more, like more Frank, pleasure. Frank in the original is like um, the one who's seeking. He like right. fucking loves it. loves it. And even and in number two, it's uh, Dr. Chenard, who's like he does become a Cenobite and he does get scared at first, but then he's like so into it. And they're horny for pain. And I wanted people to be horny for pain in this. Nobody was horny for pain. No one was horny for pain. That's what we all thought was going to happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> Interesting. But that said, it's, like very, it's very visually cool. I do think David Bruckner is a great director. Architectural horror. Architectural horror. horror. I'm excited to see more of it. And uh, Jamie Clayton as Pinhead was also great. So mm. worth a watch, I'd say, if you're if you're brave. Not for me. Not for me. Not for me. And I did say that I wanted to say what kind of Cenobites we would be, and I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Pass, pass, pass. No, thank I don't you. Do it. Um should we wrap should we wrap it up? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess we should wrap it up. Um maybe next time we'll get more horniness. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. For a little horny treat for us next time. <laughs> I believe next week we're doing another new release. Another new release next week. Yeah, there's a lot of good spooky season offerings. <laughs> Should we say what it is? I guess we could yeah, say what it say. is. Is that crazy? Let's say. It's Pearl. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I feel like that'll be horny. I think right? so. I mean, X was certainly horny. Be a little horny. So, you know, we might, we, <laughs> we still got chances for horniness yet. Yeah. And listeners, I don't know if there's any like very horny horror movies you know about. I'm kind of, now that we're talking about it, I'm just kind of curious. Very horny horror. <laughs> very horny horror. I'm just horror. curious if there's ones that you give like. Us give us some wrecks. Wrecks. And not like bad horny too, like good horny. You know what I mean? Like a right, good horny. Not like rapey. Like, no, not like rapey. Good horny. That's not horny. I don't mean I don't mean boobs, butts, bodies. I mean horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know what I mean. You guys you guys know what I mean. You guys fucking get it. Take the heart take the heart of the heart of the note, which is um the horniness. The vibe, the vibe. Why it's not sex. Sex isn't always horny. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yep. All of our families listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, mine certainly don't listen through to the end. So that's true. Mine have certainly not made it here. Um, some of maybe maybe some family members, but not the ones that I'm so concerned mm-hmm. with hearing me talk about that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're all warm blooded. <laughs> we all get a little. I'm going to shut up. 
I'm going to shut up and let's just say bye. Yes. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Guys, see you later. See you later. Stay spooky. Not too scared to watch. Yeah, there's not really a voice. Goodbye. Goodbye. Spooky soundbite voice. Chattered. Chattered. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.